the way into the suffering city. Through me the way to the eternal plain. Through me the way that runs among the lost. Justice urged on my high artificer. My maker was divine authority, the highest wisdom, and the primal love. Before me nothing but eternal things were made, and I endure eternally. Abandon every hope who enter here. Greetings and welcome to Lies Speaking Truth. I'm Roy Askins. This episode of Lies Speaking Truth is a what we're calling a Lies Speaking Truth short. Uh, today it's just me talking about something I've read uh, for just a few minutes. Chris and I have decided to start doing these uh, short episodes to give you all something to listen to as you wait for each normal episode of Lies Speaking Truth. So don't worry, Chris will be back with me again next month. Today, what I'm going to talk about is actually the first portion of Dante's Divine Comedy. And this portion is referred to, or is called, titled The Inferno. And what you just heard was the inscription over the gates into hell. Now, of course, uh, a couple of things to note. I approach this uh, brief review with trepidation. This is the first time I've read Dante's Inferno, and I'm not really trained in reading this sort of literature. It's the first time I've read an extended poem of any sort, so I'm not approaching Dante as a uh, literary expert in any way, but rather I'm approaching this as a layman, but as a Lutheran theologian. So my insights primarily here will be theological, not literary. And secondly, I'm not going to treat the entire work uh, as a whole. Uh, not even the entirety of the Inferno. Uh, Chris and I might actually do this book review uh, later, but uh, here I'm just uh, treating a couple themes I thought were interesting. So uh, if you happen to be a uh, literary scholar, please forgive my blunders. Uh, do send me notes. If I've totally messed things up, I would greatly appreciate that. So the basic theme of the Inferno is that uh, Dante has a vision whereby Virgil, an ancient poet, leads him through hell. In later portions of the Divine Comedy, um, Dante travels through both purgatory and paradise. So, the couple of topics that I'd like to talk about. First off, is actually Dante's treatment of hell itself. Ironically, I found the treatment uh, rather refreshing. In our modern context, we tend to trivialize hell. We tend to make it uh, this, this picture of a fire with these, uh, you know, cartoon demons carrying around these little pitchforks. Uh, that, you know, it's just this sort of, it, it makes the whole idea of hell into something of a joke. But in the Inferno, in Dante's Inferno, uh, hell is something very real and something very frightening, uh, very uh, disturbing in many ways. And I think this sort of renewal would be helpful for us. Because the fact of the matter is, if we take our Lord's teachings and the scriptures, realistically, that's what hell is. It's something that's very frightening and very disturbing, and ought to be so. It is the 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 justice of God being worked out in uh, on those who have rejected his forgiveness. The other thing that's kind of interesting is that Dante's pictures of hell are rather refreshing, too. Once again, the typical caricature of hell is this uh, place of, of fire, you know, where people are burning up and, and this sort of a thing. But in Dante's Inferno, the center of hell is actually freezing. Uh, those in the, in, the, in the worst circle of hell are actually freezing. They're actually, in fact, a total of nine circles in hell. And the center circle, the ninth circle, uh, they're actually all freezing. 
So it's in in many ways, for especially for an ancient book, uh, it's a rather refreshing treatment of hell for our modern context. Uh, this the treatment that Dante gives of hell is, is gives it actually gives it a lot of character. If a modern movie theater theater or modern movie um, syndicate were to pick up uh, this this book and try to redo it, they would be able to, to, uh, it would be very frightening if they were to actually make some of these images that Dante pictures. Uh, if they were to make them on the, on the big screen, it'd be a very frightening portrayal. Uh, for instance, he pictures, uh, some of those in hell, uh, is actually what happens is the demon splits them in half and all their entrails are hanging out and they walk around the circle. And as they walk around the circle, their body gradually heals itself only to be slit open by the demon again as they come by him. And that's the demon's job is to go through and slit these people in half. And uh, <laughs> kind of a frightening picture, but once again, I wonder if it's a, a, a refreshing in, a, in a, a morbid sense, I suppose, notion of hell. One of, on that same vein, I'd kind of like to contrast for a moment Dante's pictures of hell with what Lewis pictures hell to be like in The Great Divorce. Each has its own strengths and its own weaknesses. Lewis, in The Great Divorce, pictures hell, or it could possibly be purgatory, I'm not sure. And nobody's really sure what Lewis intended here. Uh, once again, Lewis himself says it's not intended to be a picture of reality. But uh, he pictures hell as humans getting what they want, like pure individualism. So those who really uh, elevate themselves above all things, uh, put themselves at the center of everything, uh, like, for instance, Napoleon, it was one of the pictures that Lewis used, are the furthest out, the furthest separated from everybody else. Uh, but what's interesting, the, the weakness of Lewis's portrayal of hell is that it tends to make it very abstract. It's a good picture in the sense that he manages to grasp the concept that hell is separation from God and separation from the love of God. But it does this at the expense of abstracting hell, uh, and at the expense of making hell something that actually is physical pain and physical suffering. Uh, Dante's picture of hell makes hell very real. It's a place where people actually uh, suffer, uh, whether, you know, those in hell at, at the time that or at some of the pictures that Dante has were uh, spirit at the time, right? There was one pictured in hell whose body hadn't even died yet, but a spirit had already been sent to hell. And this spirit, even though it doesn't have a body yet, is pictured as being in intense pain and intense suffering. And in a sense, this makes the picture of hell very real and very disturbing and very real. Uh, but then the, the weakness of Dante's picture is that, uh, that we don't really have a biblical, uh, a biblical portrayal of hell in this sense, that, uh, that it, it's constituted by um, suffering in these particular ways. But uh, overall, I found uh, his portrayal of hell uh, a rather refreshing thing, and probably something that would be good for uh, both Christians to to refresh up on, freshen up on, or uh, or for our, our culture to become more aware of. One of the things that uh, bothered me a bit was his portrayal of demons in hell, and and once again, this gets back to the caricature of of hell and demons. Uh, in our modern context, but also, it, as we can see in, in Dante's portrayal, um, even in his time, demons, portray as portrayed by uh, 
Dante were the agents of God's wrath. In other words, God was using the demons to punish humans. Uh, there's one scene in the Inferno where the demons' job are to make sure that the those suffering, those human beings that are supposed to be suffering in this boiling uh, lake of tar are continually pushed down back under the tar so that they can't come back up and, and get fresh air or whatever it is. Um, and and this is often the way we we caricaturize hell in our modern context as well. We we look at it as you know demons are there to torture us as we're in hell, but this is not the biblical picture of of hell, and it's not the biblical pictures of demons. In fact, Satan and his demons are sent there to suffer along with and alongside those who have rejected the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So uh, you know, I don't know if it was Dante's portrayal in the Inferno that kind of led to this idea that demons are God's objects by which. Um, by which humans are tortured in hell, but that's not the biblical picture. In the biblical picture, demons are there to suffer alongside humans. Demons have rejected God in the same way that humans have rejected him. The other portrayal, or I suppose the last theme that I really want to talk about, is the how uh, Dante understands various sins. The, I have a link here. Um, to the Wikipedia page, and, the, and they break down each of the levels of hell um, for you quite nicely, and, and the sins that are in each of these uh, different levels of hell. But, it, you know, in a sense, it's kind of surprising the way that uh, Dante goes about and, and categorizes these. And, and what I would make the comparison here to is an, is a, is an essay written by Dorothy Sayers uh, entitled The Other Six Deadly Sins. And the point that she makes is, we have this tendency to overemphasize the the sin of lust as the deadly sin, right? And of course, I, I'm recognizing here. This is, I'm speaking as a Lutheran theologian, and so we don't recognize these categories so much as you know, in terms of the deadly sins and this sort of a thing. Uh, but at the same time, uh, lust is the sin that's most obvious to the eyes. You know, when somebody is caught in an adulterous relationship, uh, it ruins the marriage, it breaks up families, it destroys families, and this causes uh, awful pain and awful visible pain. And so the, the sin of lust has this particular stigma that other sins uh, don't have. Other sins such as gluttony, or anger, or heresy, or violence, or fraud, or treachery, as the the different uh, levels of hell uh, that Dante lays out have. In fact, it's ironic because the the worst sin that Dante sets out is treachery. It's that of of uh, of betraying of of traitors. That is for him, at least as he sees it, the worst sin. In the very center of hell, you have three characters. You have uh, Judas, who of course betrayed our Lord. Uh, you also have um, uh, Brutus and Cassius. And, and these are the three characters in the center of hell that endure the worst suffering of them all. Now, this seems a bit surprising to us because in our modern context, we, you know, it's lust. You know, that's the sin that we all kind of glum onto and, and really have a bad stigma. But the fact of the matter is, lust is just as damning as any of these other sins, sins of gluttony or sins of fraud or whatever these sins might be. And that's the whole point of Dorothy Sayers' article, The Other Six Deadly Sins. What she's pointing out is we, we have to be very careful not to uh, uh, treat. 
lust as the sin, and then the other ones as just kind of soft or not so important sins. They're all equally damning. Uh, and while some have worse consequences than others, any of them can lead us, uh, lead us astray. Obsessing over any of these sins can lead us away from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I should probably take a moment to apologize for the title. I called the title of this podcast Delightful Little Jaunt Through Hell. And, uh, and of course, the, the fact of the matter is the subject is very serious. Uh, I shouldn't probably be quite so facetious with the title. Uh, this is Dante's Inferno is one of the best tre- treatments of hell and understanding the pain and suffering in hell. Uh, but at the same time, it's also a very enjoyable read. Um, there are some difficult things in it in the sense that he names a lot of uh, uh, people who are in hell, people from his own time, people from uh, that he was familiar with during his public career uh, in the town where he grew up, which I, I believe was Florence. Um, so, um, And there's a great little introduction in the Everyman edition. The reason I recommend it is a great little introduction that explains the circumstances of his life and that sort of thing. So there's a, there's a lot of characters in there that that you may not be familiar with, uh, but at the same time, reading through it is a delightful uh, delightful story. I've included the link to our uh, to the Everyman edition, which includes the Inferno, the Purgatorio, and the Paradiso, the three different parts of the book. Uh, it includes all three of those, and the Everyman edition is, of course, a fantastic edition that Chris and I. Uh, almost always recommend uh, very very well made and enjoying enjoyable to read that's what I have to say about Dante's Inferno once again Chris and I might actually do a, a full out podcast on this uh, another time uh, but uh, those are just some thoughts that I had uh, from the very beginning once again thank you for listening and we look forward to seeing you or hearing listening speaking to you I suppose I should say soon 